Brothers and sisters, welcome to day seven of our Lenten journey. So yesterday we looked at um, the importance of faith to shape the right dispositions of our heart and our behavior around the the presence of God, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Is that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus of Nazareth, the risen Jesus, the same Jesus who we read about in the Gospels. We get to meet face to face. And this is because of love, right? That that our religion, our Christianity, the reality of God is that he's one of love and he wants to draw near to us. He He's a proximate God. He's a God that longs to be so close to us because we know, sorry, that he knows that we need his nearness. That deep down, if we really believe what the Eucharist is, then we would want to draw close, to draw strength and grace from the Eucharist. As a result, this experience of the abandoned tabernacle for, for Bishop St. Manuel, instead of being something that would discourage him and crush him, he saw it in a way that a saint would see it. He saw it as an opportunity to, 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 to drive a mission um, that he would encompass the rest of his life. And I suppose this is a lesson for all of us in our life, the different areas of our life or things that we might come across in the church and our parishes and in, 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 in religious orders or, or parish committees or church committees, things that we come across in our life that may, may not motivate us, that may crush us, that may want to take our hope away. Rather than dwelling on that, ask God to give you fresh eyes and, and to, to see how to to let that issue become the driving force towards some kind of mission or some task of yours, whether it's to bring it to prayer or to do some kind of concrete job about it. And this is what this is what St. Manuel said about this, this tabernacle. It gives us insight into the kind of soul that he had and, and, and how he used this experience to, to define his mission. He allowed something negative, something really disastrous, to become the source of a huge blessing for the church and for the world and for his own life. What did that tabernacle teach me? I do not think that our religion could ever have a more powerful stimulus for gratitude or more efficient principle of love or stronger motivation for action than that abandoned tabernacle. Perhaps a weak faith will be scandalized by it, but a faith that meditates and a heart that searches deeply will discover in that tabernacle the heart of Jesus, who remains there accompanied by only the cobwebs. He, stay, he stays there day and night, year after year, without ever leaving that tabernacle. He continues to send his son in the morning, his water to quench our thirst, and bread to feed us, as well as strength and life to all those people who treat him so badly. You know, this amazing, incredible truth that he puts his finger on here, that as Jesus says in the scriptures himself about his father, that the father is so good. He's like the sun. He shines on the bad and, and good alike. You know, he sends rain upon the good and the bad alike. And this is his kindness. He's kind. At one part of the scripture, the gospel says he's kind to the unkind and to the kind. Do we realize the kindness of God? And this is what this huge mystery. This is a huge mystery of how the Lord is totally present in a tabernacle. Of course, he's, he's fully in heaven with all these saints and, and his Father and the Holy Spirit and, and, and in one bond of inseparable bond of communion. Um, 
and he's gathered all the blessed. But then there's this mystery of the Lord being simultaneously present there, but also in the host, in the Eucharist. And, and there is his heart. And, and there he is in a church longing for us to visit him, to be with him, to, 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 for us to experience the joy and the graces that he wants to give us. And so his whole life um, would be to dedicate um, to founding committees and societies to promote the Eucharistic love of the Lord and his presence and to, to create reparation, you know, that people would adore, that we could adore in view of those who don't adore. And we can, this brings great hope um, for people who we know, or maybe even for ourselves, that in the past we haven't been to adoration, we haven't taken Jesus seriously in the Eucharist. But we could go now, and the Lord is ever merciful. You know, that's his nature, that's his love. Um, we have to hold on to that. Um, and yet he's truth. He does demand for us true things. But at the same time, he, he is this mercy, and, it, and he works, this mercy works with his truth. And we can go to him and say, Lord, you know, forgive me for the times that I have not been reverent, that I have had doubted you, that I have shown lack of love, that I've carried on conversations in the church and, and acted in front of you without recognizing you being there in the midst of it, being called towards you. All these things bring to him. He loves it. When we bring that to him, that is something that he will turn around for our good because repentance will bring humility. And as the Beatitude says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are humble, those who now know they need God's mercy. So, you know, let these, this experience of this in our own life turn for the good. And, you know, Father, well, St. Manuel um, used the experience of the abandoned tabernacle to send, go on a mission. So maybe this is something the Lord could invite you to as well.